Many have asked me whether I was afraid when I was standing on the Edmund Pettus Bridge, looking out at a sea of Alabama State Troopers. They seemed bewildered when I told them I was not afraid. I was at peace. It did not matter that I was looking down the barrel of a gun or an army of guns. It did not matter that troopers were on horseback ready to fire tear gas. It did not matter that citizens had been deputized and were carrying every weapon they could find. I had long before accepted that I might die in a protest. And when I saw the troopers, I realized my time might have come to an end. But that was all right with me because I knew deep within my heart that I was living the life I was meant to lead. And I was willing to follow that calling wherever it took me. If I had to die, I believed my sacrifice along with the sacrifice of others would mean something. I had made peace with the understanding that if I died on that bridge, I would have suffered and offered my life and contribution to an effort that was larger than myself. This is my Black Book Journal. Welcome to My Black Book Journal, a new podcast powered by Act Justly, Love Mercy, where our mission is to impact the culture with the values of the kingdom. The purpose of My Black Book Journal is to explore black stories through book reviews and interviews to uncover lessons in life, love, and leadership. And the quote that you heard that opened up the podcast today was from none other than the late Congressman John Lewis and his book, Across That Bridge. Today, I just want to give you a sample of what you should expect when the podcast drops February 2021. So if you like what you hear, you can listen to us anywhere that you get your podcast. You can also go ahead and subscribe now on Facebook at My Black Book Journal or at Instagram at the same name, My Black Book Journal. So let's dive in to today's book and talk about Across That Bridge, A Vision for Change and the Future of America. As we reflect on 2020 and enter into 2021, we cannot do so without thinking of the late Congressman John Lewis, who served as a United States Congressman for 33 years and was known as the conscious of the U.S. Congress. John Lewis also served as the executive director of the Voter Education Project. He served as an Atlanta school board member and famously served as the executive secretary of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee during the 1960s while he led in the civil rights movement. He was a member of the Nashville sit-ins. He also was a member of the Freedom Rides of 1961 and famously led the march across the Edmund Pettus Bridge on what is affectionately known or infamously known as Bloody Sunday. So this book, Across That Bridge, was first published in 2012 and released again in 2017. And you all know what happened in 2016 that caused them to release this book again because we needed some assistance in learning lessons from those who endured and persevered in the past. Uh, so John Lewis looks right into the eyes of a generation grieved by injustice in this book and lays out the principles for moving America towards change and justice. Lewis says this in his book, this book is for the people, for the grassroots leaders who will emerge, not for the sake of fame or fortune, but with a burning desire to do good. This book is for anyone who wants to fashion a better life for the children or improve their community or make their mark in history. It is for the masses of people who will each day have the chance to peel the, set, the scales from their eyes and remember. 
And that is why I've chosen this book to launch this new podcast, because it's time for us as a people, as black people, as black Christians, as Americans to peel the scales back from our eyes and remember. So and across that bridge, John Lewis, in this memoir, he roots it in the black Christian tradition of witnessing to God's faithfulness and power to overcome evil and injustice. And as he stands with the uh, great cloud of witnesses, he sings that old gospel song written by Clara May Ward, How I Got Over, that old deep spiritual song by Mahalia Jackson. That That is the lineage that, that John Lewis leaves for us. He tells us just how he got over uh, you all first, I first encountered this book uh, earlier in 2020. I uh, was look, I'd done a lot of reading about John Lewis and the civil rights movement and, and this figures, but I really wanted to read. Uh, I was moving away from just reading about those civil rights leaders and wanting to read more of their words. And so I, I went on Amazon and I went on my favorite place to get like old books and secondhand books, which is eight books. I just told you my secrets. So don't tell anybody else. All right. But I went to aidbooks.com. I, I put the, uh, the books in my, in my, in my shopping cart and was and was like okay I'm, I'm gonna wait i'm gonna get these a little bit later but i just want to make sure they're there so about a week later you all that's when john lewis passed away and i was like yo i need to go back and get those books about my shopping cart because i know that people are going to be buying those books up so i went thankfully they were still there i purchased them uh a few days later i got one of those books which was across that bridge and the other one that i that i'd ordered which was john lewis's uh autobiography um called walking with the wind like they just refunded my money was like hey somebody else bought the book before you could get it right we just didn't update the website so i was i was really sad about that i tried to find somewhere else to buy it but by that time it had been a about a week week and a half two weeks and you know, people were charging like a hundred plus dollars for those books. And I was like, there's no way I'm paying a hundred something dollars for a book. I was paying like $5 for the week before. No, but Lewis outlines these principles in across that bridge, um, into seven chapters. In it, and he talks about faith. He talks about patience. He talks about study. He talks about truth. He talks about peace, love, and he ends the book with reconciliation. And in each chapter, Lewis constantly reminds us that nothing can stop the power of a committed and determined people to make a difference in our society. And this is what he tells us. He says, freedom is not a state. It is an act. Freedom is the continuous action we must take. And each generation must do its part to create an even more fair, more just society. The work of love, peace and justice will always be necessary, he says, until their realism and their imperative takes hold of our imagination, crowds out any dreams of hatred or revenge and fills up our existence with their power. You know, when, when, I, when I thought about this concept of, of justice and love and peace filling up our imagination. I thought about Justin Gibney, who is the director over at the Ann campaign and how he talks a lot about moral imagination and the need to move beyond progressivism and conservatism into a fuller representation of the kingdom and what the Bible teaches so that we can uphold both moral 
order and also uh, uh, social justice. But we need he talks about the need for moral imagination to do those things. And so as I thought about John Lewis, I thought about few people in American history demonstrate more moral imagination than John Lewis. And some people might push back on that because of they might look at 33 years of his voting record in the U.S. Congress. And I think there's room for debate and discussion about anybody's voting record who's been in the Congress that long. And we should have healthy dialogue about those things. But the way he had a vision for change and he was known as somebody who believed that love could conquer our our, our partisanship and our division if we would give ourselves over to it. You know, you all in this book uh, and across that bridge, Lewis calls us to a moment of urgency and it is a necessity that we as black Christians and we as Christians hear his words and the need to engage in the modern day and what people are calling the modern day civil rights and justice movement. You know, you all the killing of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd by police officers and the killing of Ahmaud Arbery by white vigilantes in Georgia are seared into the consciousness of America. And the national uprising and protest that took place in the summer of 2020 after the death of George Floyd is proof that America is still convulsing uh, again as her long tortured sons and daughters cry out for justice. John Lewis writes to us a grieving nation that is filled with sons and daughters that are looking to make change. He gives us a vision for that change in what he calls the beloved community, which he defines as a society based on simple justice that values the dignity and worth of every human being. He says this, when we arrive at that place, at the beloved community, where we as a people live in the light of that kind of consciousness, then we will have reached a point where we can finally put down the burdens of hate, violence and division. Until that day, struggle is inevitable because tension motivates the imperative of change. You all, we'll be right back, right after this break. All right, you all, we are back and we are going to talk about the next section in John Lewis's book, Faith and Patience. It's very common to hear someone talk about the necessity of having faith. And we all know that patience is a virtue. But in Lewis's book, he attempts to offer helpful definitions and clear applications of these two often used terms. Uh, for many black Christians like myself who grew up in a call and response culture, we know that when the pastor says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the congregation responds back and the evidence of things not seen. You see, in the black church tradition, there is a beautiful dance that takes place between the pastor and the congregation that presupposes that the congregants are rooted in the scripture. And because they are rooted, the flowering of God's word is always on their lips so that when the pastor says without faith, it is the pastor expects the congregation to respond back impossible to please God, completing Hebrews eleven six that says without faith, it is impossible to please God. This is how John Lewis views faith It's an active response to the initiating power of God. Just as the pastor calls and the congregation responds, so people respond to the invitation of God toward salvation, but also 
towards good works, the good works of justice, the good works of mercy and the good works of love. What was it that took John Lewis from rural Alabama across the bridge of oppression and hatred time and time again? Well, John Lewis says it was his faith. And he says, we believe that if we were the children of an omniscient creator and we took a stand based on faith, that the forces of the universe would come to our aid. No jail cell, no threat, no act of violence could alter our power to overcome any adversary if we did not waver. Wow. John Lewis says in the work of faith, right, it is impossible to escape the necessity of patience. He, he roots uh, this virtue of patience in the act of working. He talks about all that the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee did. Um, and when I read this book, I really need to hear that those words because I was I was I was engaging in a very significant and important work. And it was very time consuming and very I was very exhausted at the time. And so John Lewis says this about patience and I needed to hear this. And I think we need to hear this as those who are engaging in the work of justice and change and love and reconciliation as black Christians and as Christians in general. He says, patience is a guiding light in all the work of change is an aspect of the commitment people make to finish what they start. Once you have begun the work involved in creating change, moving an idea forward step by step, doing all that is within your power and understanding that there will be forces beyond your control that may support you or block you is central to the change you seek. There is a process to everything. You must follow certain steps and thoroughly implement it to receive the best outcome. Even setbacks can serve a vital purpose to completing your goal. Take a long, hard look down the road you will have to travel once you have made a commitment to work for change. Know that this transformation will not happen right away. Change often takes time. It rarely happens all at once. You all, when I heard those words, I so needed them. I even wrote them out and put them up in my office because you when we engage in this work, in this long running work, sometimes we think because we're engaged in this work, because now we're involved, that change will somehow happen quickly. You know, we'll enter into this work, not necessarily intentionally with this savior or Superman mentality, but we forget that we have now entered into a long lineage of people down their lives for a more just to advance a more righteous society. Um, you all will be right back with the next section in this book. All right, you all, we're back. Thank you for sticking around and standing with us. So next section, Lewis talks about study, truth and peace. And he goes on to talk about the importance of study in the shaping of the leaders of the civil rights movement. He does this by clearly articulating how God prepares different leaders. John Lewis looks at himself and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And he compares how God uh, called and set them apart for leadership in the civil rights movement. He looked at how Dr. King came from a family and a lineage of pastors and how he went to the best schools and he was 
educated uh, in the church and the Baptist church tradition. And John Lewis talks about how he grew up in rural Alabama on a farm, barely able to go to school after third grade most of the time and having to sneak off and go to school when he was supposed to be working in the farms and how by chance he made it out to Nashville to go to school uh, and the change and transformation that his life underwent. But he but he says this about Dr. King and his preparation for leadership and his necessity of lead, leading the Montgomery bus boycott. He says his primary concern was always on the substance of injustice. The people of Montgomery, the place where he began his career as the pastor, needed more than polish and shine. They needed someone with a deep understanding of the problems that met them at every turn. It was King's commitment to search for answers to the problem of his people that made him fit for leadership. And it was his heritage that prepared him for it. Look, you all check this out. So one thing we really want to do here at Act Justly Love Mercy is we want to prepare people for leadership on the ground. Right. We, we want to equip people to do actual like leadership in the community that that impacts and changes people's lives, that engages real people. And that's meaningful. Right. Oftentimes, like a leadership preparation can be very heady and be, be very theoretical. And there there is a space for diving deep into books and to study so that we have a good understanding of the issues that affect people's lives. But there's also a need for actually doing the work. Right. And so that's one thing that we really want to do. We want to we want to equip leaders in the community and in the church to do work, do the work of change. Uh, and John Lewis does that better than, man, so many people. But there's so many great people out there doing this work. But John Lewis is one of those people that stands out in the American mind of the impact that he's had on this nation. Lewis goes on to talk about truth and how study should bring forth truth. And truth is something that we so desperately need today, y'all. Lewis says truth is a powerful force. It is the foundation of all things. The truth is so all-consuming that it cannot be changed. And yet, even though the truth can't be denied or erased, he says it can be systematically obscured, strategically misinterpreted, and hidden from mainstream comprehension. For many black people today, we are concerned with the truth of us mattering. You know, often we talk about in the church, the Imago Day that we are made in the image of God based off of Genesis chapter 1, 26, 27 and 28. And we try to root the mattering of black people in those verses because all people matter. But while we can theologically discuss that in many churches, the practicality of that in America and the advocacy of that by the American church is often Lacking. And I've experienced some black Christians and many white Christians be very uncomfortable saying that black lives matter because of the beliefs and values of the national organization. But they are often OK with saying a nonspecific term like all lives matter or a very specific term like blue lives matter because of how they have been conditioned to think about black lives. But to the majority of black people generally and black Christians specifically, we are seeking to move to continue to move this this conversation, this ongoing conversation, this ongoing protest, this ongoing struggle and fight of, of black lives mattering of the mattering of black people to the forefront of the American conscious. Um, 
look and 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 Bettina L. Love's book, We Want to Do More Than Survive, uh, Abolitionist Teaching and the Pursuit of Educational Freedom. She deals with this very concept of mattering. And I like what she says. She says, being a person of color is a civic project because your relationship to America, sadly, is a fight in order to matter, to survive, and one day thrive. And the esteemed writer, Ta-Nehisi Coates, uh, well-known writer of The Case for Reparations, in his book, Between the World and Me, he says this to his son. The entire narrative of this country argues against the truth of who you are. Wow. Uh, Bettina Love also goes on to say this, that America's legacy of oppression and dispossession of dark people is in large part met with the ethos of we shall overcome and we gonna be all right. Like the, the truth is that we as black people have this resilience that believes uh, in this struggle for equality, in this struggle for equity and justice and righteousness and against racism and evil and oppression that we are going to overcome, not just someday, but we are overcoming and that we believe that our collective struggle is not in vain. Look, you all, we'll be right back to wrap up right after this. says i doubt the professors who teach the history of the movement today would say that if you boil down our intent into one all-encompassing residual word the remaining essence would be love lewis goes on to defend this point by saying yet i am here to tell you that among those of us who were at the heart of the movement who fully imbibed the discipline and philosophy of nonviolence and viewed it as a reflection of profound truth. Our sole purpose was in fact love. He saw their battle against injustice, against inequity as a battle against hate. And he fully understood, as he says in his book, that darkness cannot overcome darkness. Only light can do that. Violence can never overcome violence. Only peace can do that. And that hate can never overcome hate. Only love can do that. My brothers and sisters, that reminds me of what uh, the Apostle John says to love one another. They understood that I can't look at you, somebody made in the image of God and hate you and say that I love God. That hate is in a very, a very affront to the Imago Day, and that we must do everything I can, we can to free our brothers and sisters from this hate that keeps them bound. They understood that it was hatred that kept America and Christians from being all that they could be and should be. And you all, that is something that we need to hear and remember. Lewis also understands that the natural outcome of love that is rooted in truth is reconciliation. And this reconciliation, he doesn't base off of sentimentality or a refusal to acknowledge the truth of America's brutal racial history or a lack of repentance on, on the side of those who were the offenders. No, no. Lewis understands American history. You are in this short book. He he talks about American history in a way that is very intimate 
in a way that he's consumed and that he's even been a part of. So I would recommend recommend you all getting the book, you know, for for just the historical facts and the people he brings out that participated in the movement that aren't necessarily in our in our consciousness. Uh, I would I would recommend you you getting the book for those reasons. But Lewis understands that we have to confront the evils and deal with those evils honestly if we're ever going to move towards brotherhood he he uses that analogy that dr martin Luther king jr often used as this great house not just a great american house but this great world house that we have been called to dwell in this land in this earth at this time together and we have to care for this house because if we don't care for this house Lewis understands that if we don't come together in brotherhood and sisterhood as a family and take care of this nation, this world, this planet that we've been given, that we will perish as fools. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I thoroughly enjoyed reading John Lewis's book, Across That Bridge. I really enjoyed talking about it as well. Look, you all, like I said, this is just a taste of some of the things we'll be doing. We'll be mixing it up. We'll be doing interviews with authors. We'll also talk about books. If you have any books that you've read, please share those. Look, like us on Facebook at My Black Book Journal. Share any books. I'll, I'll share book recommendations, podcast recommendations, uh, things that have been very helpful for me. Um, look, check out the work we're doing at Act Justly Love Mercy. By You can go to actjustlylovemercy.org. Again, that's www.actjustlylovemercy.org. New episodes are dropping in February. Like us, subscribe. Looking forward to hearing from you guys. Until next time, keep on influencing the culture with the values of the kingdom. I'm out.